You're listening to The Millionaire Underdog. Get ready to be inspired. Get ready to embrace the mindset of an underdog. This is the Millionaire Underdog podcast. Today, we are joined by no one less than Mr. Guy Benders. He's CEO of Best Luxury Properties in Dubai and Multipreneur. Hi Guy, how are you today? I'm fantastic guys. Thank you so much for being part of this podcast. It's an honor. Thank you so much for being here. So Guy, maybe tell us a little bit about yourself. How did you came to do what you do? Well, first of all, um, I wasn't the best uh, school guy. So in my early years, I getting very bored um, already about school. So it didn't go fast enough for me over there. So I decided to leave school actually on my 15th. So I get actually like um, a more education while I was working, partly education, partly work. And that was actually as a mechanic in a BMW agency. So after two years, I think I learned enough and decided to get self-employed. So that was the point when I asked actually on the Belgium court to get 20 years old while I was only 27 to get a license to get started. That was the first actually action to get self-entrepreneur. So you started as a mechanic at BMW? Yeah, I was very good in mechanics, so I this was a passion of me. So for me I was okay, let's 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 do this for a couple of years and let's start my own business after that. And that is actually what happened. I started in the backyard of my parents to fix BMWs like ex BMW specialist. I turned to be out uh, on the end of the day and I was uh, fixing the cars in the backyards of my parents without even having a garage or whatsoever, just some tools. Uh, but I was very like a perfectionist. So every car that left um, the backyard should be in perfect condition. And uh, after that, I started to build a small garage, like 10 by 10 meters with a small rooftop. And the only heater that I had was the cars that were running in. I could warm my hands on the engines. <laughs> and what did your parents think of that? Like their backyard should be sometimes a bit messy, right? Yeah, there was a messy things going on because there was an old garage that I totally broke down. I didn't know what, what to do with the old materials. So I dig a hole and put all materials in the hole to build a new garage on top of that <laughs> because there was no money to, to carry it away. <laughs> Amazing. And what, what was your next step? So you did the BMWs in the backyard of your parents and then? After that, I um, I need more tools, I need more equipment and so on. So I went to, the, to a very big shop in Belgium, uh, close to Brussels, and uh, because I didn't have any money. So um, I took also over a wasserette from my parents, like a laundry uh, thing. So I was doing laundry and mechanics together. You can imagine that these two are not fitting very well together. As for laundry, you need to have clean hands. As for mechanics, you have black hands. So <laughs> this was a challenge that I did. And then I had very big uh, companies and for like um, older homes. And um, I mean, they pay a lot, these guys. And I need to get the laundry from there. So I had a very small mini mowers where I pick up the laundry with. 
And while I was driving, the car was full, full propped that the pee uh, perled over my back. <laughs> so um, my start was very, um, yeah, very heavy actually, but I made it. And while I was picking up laundry in my, in my town, I did have some business cards made with your BMW specialist and every BMW that I saw on the street, I stopped and I put a card behind the wiper. That's how I actually start. Yeah, after that, you know, I had many cars coming in. I did a good job. And then I saved one million francs at that time. The euro didn't exist. So I saved one million francs. And this one million francs, I invested actually in a piece of land on a good location close to the border of the Netherlands and Belgium. And I had the plan to start a gasoline station over there. So my parents, again, were very surprised what he's going to do the next step. And they saw it like a small gasoline station, one, two uh, hospitals, and that's it. But I saw totally different in that time. I'm talking about more than 30 years ago. So um, I saw it really big already. And yeah, I built a gasoline station over there, but I didn't want to be dependent from any brand. Means I want to do it by myself. I don't want to be like Shell or Q8 or whatever uh, uh, brand. I just want to be independent. But that means also that you need to do the investment by yourself. So I did the full investment by myself. And everybody declared me crazy because that was a time when Saddam, uh, Saddam Hussein had to war and there was actually no fuel anymore coming to Europe. That was a big problem. So everybody declared me already broke when I started. But when my gasoline station was ready, the war was done and the gasoline in the Netherlands went up and in Belgium down. So I had like um, um, a police guy uh, arranging the traffic uh, for two years in front of my gasoline station because I had a waiting row of 100 cars over there. So the, I, had a, I had a carton box between my legs and I told everybody, yeah, just take like uh, 1,000 francs or 500 francs because I don't have the time to give change. <laughs> so I had a box between my legs just putting in the money. That was actually my start of the gasoline stations. And then I built the BMW agency behind it, the new one with the showroom and, and everything. So I had the cash flow then, and then also I get the credit of the banks, of course. And then I built the whole scenario out. I had multiple of gasoline stations. And when I was 27, I was bought out by a multinational um, from the Netherlands. They want to have all my locations because I had very good permissions for 20 years and so on. So they were very interested, but I was not actually interested to, to sell. <laughs> so I chased them away. But after the fourth time, I told my parents, I'm going to tell them a price that they never come back, but they came back and give me 50% of their payment if I could get out in three weeks. So I sold my company. That was the first sell of my company. So I was 27 and open for new challenges. Wow, it looks like in your early years, you already had like good ideas and a good start. Yeah, I mean, um, the ideas are, I mean, that's the problem with me. I have many ideas. Uh, I just need <laughs> to get them, get them done. So uh, that's why I also have the feeling that I never worked. Uh, I, I never worked. I, I just do what I like to do and I never copy or never look at my competition. Because if I look at my competition, I also copy the mistakes that they are making. So I always start from scratch. Like I think it needs to be done. And I think that makes the difference between uh, being ultimate successful and create something from scratch 
or just copy a thing and do as like the rest is doing. I was always different. I wanted to make something different, build something great, build something special, like it was branded in my mind. I mean, you have these ideas and that's where you go for. Yeah, that was also my next question, actually. Like, I feel you have this very strong sense of you want to do your own thing. That's really important to you. It has to be you. Yes, uh, my signature needs to be on it. Um, and that's actually my stamp on my companies, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's great. I think that's actually also good advice for our listeners that indeed maybe you should look a little to your competition, but stay true to yourself and stay true to your own ideas. Yeah, you're a good example of that. So maybe a little bit fast forward to tell us a little bit more about where you are at this point in your career. Well, uh, there was a lot of companies in between because I'm a multi-entrepreneur. I had also sports centrums, indoor car things. I was in green energy. I even did my own brand of champagne. I was in cosmetics. Uh, there's a whole field that we can talk a few hours about that, but I want to save you <laughs> the energy. Uh, so I was a multi-entrepreneur and there was one time I had this indoor karting track uh, also close to the border of the Netherlands and I bought a property that had 12,000 square meters. So I bought it, I built an indoor karting track, it was 12,000 square meters, 12 sports under one roof, tennis, squash, indoor karting, fitness, aerobics, and so on. And this company I did also for three years, sold it with success and bought it back after one year because it was broken. Rebuilt it, sold it back after three years. After one year, I took it again over because it was broken. This calls management. So this company that I did three times in 10 years, I bought it, rebuilt it, and sold it with profit again. And that's what I mean. You need to be on the, as a CEO or manager from your company. If you create something, you need to be with two feet on the work floor. You need to be involved. You need to check and you need to be there and manage the thing. Mm -hmm. Was that one of the problems with the company you, you're talking about? That there was no one on the floor when you sold it? Definitely. Um, because like I told you, I have my own strong, mind about something and I put my signature on something and uh, even though I was asked to stay for another year I left after three months because they changed the management they changed the IDs and this is not uh, like I was doing business so I left the company even though they want to pay me 10,000 euro monthly just to stay uh, I left after three months uh, and I saw it going down so, and after one year, it was broke. So, yeah, um, if you change the management, if you sell a company, the new um, owner or the new management needs to know what they are doing and look at the past of your company and not want to change everything. So, um, yeah, I never took over a company, so I cannot speak for that, but I always created companies. And if you always create companies... Mm, how do you end up in all these different kind of industries? Because you said like you were in champagne, you were in cosmetics, but how do you make the switch? Well, you have entrepreneurs that they stay their lives doing what they are doing, what they are good in, and what is perfectly fine. And you have multi-entrepreneurs. 
a multi-entrepreneur is searching for new challenges. So um, I'm always on the run for new challenges. And sometimes I do three things at the same time. Uh, but that's I need to have this drive. I need to have this motivation, this uh, stress as well. Uh, but it's positive stress. So I like to have weights on my shoulder or else I'm not performing. So I'm looking actually for the stress and, and this performing um, so I function right. This is actually my life goal to create something and to to make it work. Uh, I go to bed with it and I stand up with it. So it's a 24-hour business for me. It never stops. I even have a letter next to my bed to write down in, in the night my IDs. Most of the time in the morning, I cannot uh, read my handwriting anymore, but okay, uh, I do my best. It, I think it's actually a great idea. So when you're falling asleep or at night, you have this inspirational moment and you just try to write it down quickly. Is it something yeah. you do it for a long time already? or? Yeah, I did, actually yeah, all my career. Because if you don't write it down, it will vanish. Um, it will vanish, uh, for sure. You will not think the next day you have an out-of-mood, you get out of bed, or your wife is angry on you, or whatever is going to happen. So it's going to vanish. You need to write it down, and whatever you write down, you need to execute. Okay, whatever you write down, you need to execute. That sounds, that sounds great. Is there sometimes something you wrote down that you thought like, ah, oh, damn, that maybe is a good idea, but maybe also may not work, um, but I'm going with it anyway. Do you sometimes take that gamble? Yeah, sometimes you need to jump. Um, but if you don't jump, you never know what's going to happen in your life. So the, 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 the most fear of the most entrepreneurs uh, is the fear, the fear to jump. You need to jump. If you not jump and don't take any risk, there will no be benefits or success. So you need to take risk with measurements and calculated risks, but you need to jump. Can you tell us maybe, if you like, um, about one of your more scarier jumps in your life? Uh, that's when I uh, met my, my, my wife, actually. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Because I think uh, behind every good uh, entrepreneur is also a good uh, wife. And this is the most challenging thing in, in, in the life of an entrepreneur, uh, that you have a good support behind you, that your family supports you or that your partner supports you. So, um, yeah, if you want to be connected with someone, uh, she um, needs also to be behind of your decisions because she's making part of it. And it's not always easy because like I'm saying, you go to bed with it and you stand up with it. So having a good partner on your side that believes in your goals and, and supports you, I think that's very important. So for me, uh, the business is fine. I can manage that, but I also need help um, on your own, you're nothing. Um, I mean, that's also for your team that works for you. The biggest challenge is to have a good team around you, have nice people uh, working around you. I want to see smiley faces if I'm coming to, to the office morning in the morning. And I want to see happy and cheery people. Uh, that motivates me too. So yeah, I think the, 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 for, I can speak for the most of the entrepreneurs that uh, the, the partner that you're having and the partners that you're having in your company, because I don't call them employees. Everybody that works with me are my partners, and they will be treated like that as well. Uh, so uh, the whole uh, partners that you have around with you, what you work with every day, I mean, you're only as strong as the weakest chain. Um, and I think you need to have a lot of strong chains to make your ideas work, uh, because on the end of the day, you cannot handle everything by yourself. 
yeah especially when you're a business owner indeed you're not alone yeah i understand um when i was thinking about all the adventures and all the amazing companies you had i was also thinking like in every different branch there are different challenges this business landscape is constantly evolving how do you stay innovative and how do you adapt to these challenges do you have a mindset or do you have strategies well i keep my nose in the air um, that means like I'm, 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 I'm looking around me to see how markets are moving, how the financial worlds are moving, uh, looking at the news, uh, choosing the topics that interest me. And uh, from, from that point of view, I take directions. Uh, and my directions are changing on a daily basis. <laughs> so sometimes my staff, uh, they go crazy. I walk into the morning and I come totally in with new ideas and I'm changing some directions of the company um, for the better. Uh, so you need to keep your air, uh, your nose in the air to see uh, what's going on and to smell what you need to do. It's it's really a sensitive feeling. Um, I cannot describe it. It's a, it's a it's a gift or something, but you need to be awake. Mm -hmm. I think when I hear you talk and and I I see you be so passionate about what you do, I think it's indeed that you are passionate about. Being an entrepreneur and not per se, like you're not passionate about cosmetics. You're passionate about being a multipreneur. Yes, exactly. I was also like a developer in Belgium. I built a whole street. And uh, I mean, you design something that will stay there forever. That's that's my goal. So if I create something, uh, it, it, it needs to stay. Um, and the passion that you put in it, if you don't have the passion for something that you're doing, sometimes it's also for a product. That means there needs to be a connection with, with the product or what or, or, or the the work that you're doing. Um, but I think as a multi-entrepreneur, it's a passion to create something. And if you want to create something, it's a, it's a different kind of angle than just working. I'm not, I'm not working. I'm, I'm a creator. I want to create things. I want to make things possible. I don't want to be the biggest, but if I'm the second biggest, it's not so bad. <laughs> That's not so bad indeed. No, that's true. Um, I'm myself, I'm a musician and I, creativity is a big part of what I do. Now, I think actually that creativity is also a big part of what you do. Yeah, you play the violin or the piano. I play them all. So um, we actually we do the same because if you're playing music and you don't have the passion for the music, you cannot make music. And making music for me, really, that's a gift. I cannot sing a note. I cannot play one instrument. But really, I have a lot of respect for people who sing or make music because that's a gift and, and uh, that's a gift you need to use. Uh, from the other side, as an entrepreneur, I mean, that's also maybe a gift or you created this gift by yourself. But it's a passion. It's a gift. It's it's. Um, it's a 100% commitment to yourself and putting discipline on yourself. And discipline is a big word. If you can make it work for yourself, that you can be in charge of yourself, of self-discipline, I think then you're already halfway. At what age did you learn that about discipline? Uh, very young already, because uh, my parents were also entrepreneurs. They never had uh, the time for me. I needed to cook my own food when I was 10, I think. Uh, so they didn't have time. I was uh, on my own very quickly. Uh, and that's good, I think. If you raise kids, uh, you need to 
let them do their thing. Don't pamper them too much. Uh, so I was quite, quite early self-independent. And if I didn't cook food, well, I was hungry. Yeah. So <laughs> I needed to have discipline to survive. <laughs> you, you just said that you um, indeed like to... Uh, gave an advice about parents that leave your children be, let them grow on themselves a bit. Do you also apply that in some ways with your colleagues or partners in your business? Yes, I do. I'm uh, I'm I'm playing um, for many people the role of um, a supporting role actually. Is that there? because in my company yes, but outside of my company also. So um, having a good mentor is very important for a lot of people. Um, my mentors were my parents. They inspired me and I took it from there. I never had a mentor that I looked up to. Um, but I see a lot of people around me that I brought up and that I made successful just being their mentor of giving a lecture. Like yesterday evening, a guy that, that I'm working with, uh, um, he brought his daughter and he cannot speak to his daughter like I can speak to her. <laughs> so... I come from another angle and she was so inspired and now she wants to come and work in Dubai and then and before she just wanted to go to school and, and actually doing nothing. So you need to surround yourself with people that where you can learn from and the rest is waste of time or pleasure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I understand that. Um, you just said that um, work in, in that the person you were talking to wanted to work in Dubai. You're currently calling with us from Dubai, right? Yes, I'm in Dubai currently. Okay, and I see behind you there is a, a, um, a logo of your own company. Yeah, best luxury yes. properties. Yeah, for people who are listening, we're actually video calling. Um, but indeed, there's best luxury properties. That's also a company of yours. Yes, this is the company where I'm very active in as for now. So uh, I'm now 56, soon 57. So this is a, a thing that I want to do for the next coming 20 years because I like Dubai, first of all. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's very nice uh, to work here, to be here and don't pay taxes. And uh, on the other side, uh, the, the challenge here is much bigger than in Europe. So if you're doing business in Dubai, you need to be 10 times faster. I was a fast entrepreneur. When I came to Dubai, I was slow. So I need to upscale my, my speed because all the smart people are here. Uh, it goes very fast. So to get up to, up to date and up to speed here, even if you're very good, I saw a lot of people coming and going back. So, uh, um, and always if I start a new business, I start from scratch. I never use money from my savings to start a new business. So in Dubai, I started as a kitchen table entrepreneur. You could come in my kitchen, buy a property, and that was it. I started again from there, like in the backyard for my parents as a mechanic. So I always started the same thing. I never give myself credit or take savings from previously to start a new business because you're spoiling yourself. You cannot spoil yourself. What do you mean by that? You cannot spoil yourself? means like if I'm taking, let's say, 200,000 euro to start a business, I'm spoiling myself because that's a gift to myself. I need to start from scratch to build a company. You're not buying a company. You're building a company. You need to go through the sand to come to the beach, to come to the water, to be at your knees in the water before you can swim. But you need to go through the sand. Mm -hmm. You that's need to be willing to go to the sand. Um 
But most of the people say, ah, I'm taking a loan, I will be in five years break even. I never built a company to be break even. This is a terrible word in my eyes. If I build a company today, I'm starting a company today, I want to make money tomorrow. So you were talking about um, Dubai and that you uh, see a lot of people coming and going. Um, is it that rough of a place to, to be an entrepreneur? Yes, uh, it's very challenging because we have 247 nationalities in Dubai. So all the smart people, they want to come over here, start their business, uh, living the fantastic uh, Dubai life. I mean, the American dream is dead. The Dubai dream is very alive. So people want to come, but it's not for everyone. Uh, it's very difficult to start your business as it's very expensive to rent something, to buy something. Uh, the Even the rent to live here is very high, what's in our branch very good for investors, of course. Um, but it's you need to be very creative and very fast and make fast decisions, uh, move on, work night and day if you want to get a feet on the ground in Dubai. Now, you're at this point, you made it. You succeeded there. You're doing amazingly well. Um, what are your future goals for the company? Because you said you wanted to do this for another 20 years. Do you have specific goals at this point? Yeah. Um, first of all, uh, we started very small as kitchen table entrepreneur. Then we had a company and we built it out and we built it out. Now we are 21. We are a boutique company. So we want to move on to a bigger company. We do also do the interiors. We do the property management. We do actually everything for an investor from Europe. So uh, where we want to move on is like a developer. I was developer in Belgium. So I want to be developer in Dubai. But the scale is totally different. In Belgium, I, for example, I built 12, 20 apartments and then I moved on to the next plot and the next plot and the next plot. So uh, we are looking uh, forward to have development over here in Dubai. But the piece of land is much more expensive because a small development here is 320 apartments. So that's a huge amount of money you need to throw up. Um, and you are in a totally different environment. Back home, you know how things are working here. You need to explore everything, find out and... There's a lot of money involved. That's the thing where we want to grow to as a developer. On the end of the day, we just won um, an award of most performing agency in Dubai. As we are only 21 and I see other companies, they are 150 and they are selling less than us. For example, uh, last 10 days, I sold 41 apartments. Um, it's my new record in 10 days, but you need to get it done. So um, also your company is growing every day. We just hired another three people today just to get the growth and the um, administration done because uh, my administration told me, hold, uh, don't sell anymore. We cannot follow you as administration because you're selling too much. Um, but that's a relationship you built with your clients for all over the years, of course. Um, yeah, but it's hard work, but it pays off on the end of the day. Man, amazing. I want to congratulate you with your award. That's amazing news. That's awesome. Yeah, we as a small European company being here in Dubai and walking away with uh, with the biggest award, I think. Uh, yeah, even I didn't want to go to the... I was invited and I told my personal assistant I'm not going there because I don't want to see all the other people. I'm not interested into these things. But they keep on insisting that I should go and that I needed to be there. So it, on the end of the day, I thought it should be important. So let's get dressed, put on my smoking and my best shoes. So I went there and... On the end of the evening, at uh, when it was almost done, well, they called our name and uh, we were number one. 
you talked a lot about uh, the amazing growth of your company. Um, do you also have, that's maybe a personal question, but personal growth goals? Yeah, um, me and my wife, we decided to have uh, in the next coming three years, starting with kids, <laughs> because... I mean, she's a little bit younger than me. I cannot help that only 24 years. But yeah, she has some time left. And for me, uh, I'm working very hard. So I need to carry on uh, something to my next generation. So yeah, that, that, that's, that's the plan personally. Uh, for the rest, we, we try to be together as much because my wife is also in my company. She's the manager of the company. I'm the CEO. So we work daily together, but we never see each other, luckily. So it means she's in our, um, office i'm in mine and we see each other and we can talk also after work um with each other about work and i think uh, most of the people ask me how do how how do you do this working together with your wife i mean that is the biggest bless i'm having that we work together and that we are so close together and then we can talk about everything and so um, yeah it's, it's actually a bless if you can work together with your partner it's great Yeah, you found an amazing way of working together because indeed it's sometimes for a lot of people not easy to work with their partner. Yeah, we, 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 we laugh and we cry together. I mean, yeah, that's how it goes. Maybe we already have a great conversation so far, but there is this one question that, that, that is picking my mind a little bit. Like as a big multipreneur as you are with these big, crazy ideas, is there maybe an ultimate goal? for you well the ultimate goal for me um is more into doing things perfectly for my clients that's my ultimate goal so i think if i keep that in mind uh, the success will come anyway you just need to focus on your clients keep everybody happy give a good service do the best you can and um, just keep on working in, in that direction and if you work in that direction um, more business is coming to you So where are we going to end up on the end of the day? I have no clue. I still mm -hmm. feel 27, though I'm a little bit older than that. Um, but the motivation and, 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 and the passion is, 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 I'm always on fire. Okay, amazing. I can tell by uh, the energy you're emitting, you're always on fire indeed. Also, uh, Guy, do you think, because we're talking about you, we're talking about you and your success, do you think that there is also a thin line between your success and maybe someone not being successful? Well, there's a very thin line actually between that um, because uh, most of the people they work, they entrepreneurs, they do whatever I uh, have to do, but they miss most of the time the boat. I say I always they miss the boat. So the boat left the harbor and then they jump and they jump actually with two feet in the water. So you need to make sure that you are on board. So um, again, speed, determination, Um, entrepreneurship, uh, you need to be fast. You need to make decisions fast. You need to be able to make this decision in the right way and to make sure if you jump, jump on board, don't uh, jump with two feet in the water. Uh, that, that's a very good advice I can give. And, and um, trees doesn't grow from pooling on their leaves, but you need to give the roots water. Mm -hmm. Indeed, you need to give the roots water. I think that's also... As you talked about Dubai being such a fast-paced environment, indeed, you need to jump on the boat there, especially there, I think. Yeah, for sure. Um, it's a it's a very fast-moving um, market, as we have a 50-year vision over here. Huh? 
in Ghent in Europe is too politic minded. Here they have a vision, there's a leader, and this leader calls himself CEO of the country. And that's a total different mindset that we are having here. So if you can connect with that, then you can make sure that you are in line with the business here and that you can be on track and follow that leadership that is broadcasted here and that is showed everywhere around, everywhere where you look, you see this vision. And uh, we as entrepreneurs, we also have a vision. I think Sheikh Mohammed is a great leader and a great CEO of his country. So if we can learn from him and we can do the same, I think we are already 90% of the job is done, but we need to make speed. CEO of the country, never heard of that, but it sounds actually as a really good vision for the place you are at this moment. I wanted to thank you for your time, Guy. I hope you, you enjoyed yourself. I was, it was amazing listening to your wonderful story. But we also do this other thing on this podcast. We actually ask our guests to think of a question for our next guest. The thing is, you don't, you're not going to know who that is. So do you have a question for our next guest? Okay, uh, let me think. Uh, the, ne the question for the next guest should be how do you handle your biggest challenges okay how i'm writing it down how right do now. you handle how do you handle your biggest challenges your biggest challenges great i think that's an awesome question thank you for that of course our previous guest had a question for you he or she didn't know who our next guest was going to be but here's the question What will you never compromise on with your business? Um, what I would never compromise on with my business. If I take a decision, I follow my decision and I never look back and move forward. Thank you for that. You never look back, you move forward. All right, Guy. Thank you for your time with us. I hope you enjoyed yourself. We had the honor of having you here. We learned a lot. You're an amazing person. You're very inspiring to listen to. So thank you for your time. Thank you for hanging out with us. You're most welcome, guys. Thank you for this interview. It was my pleasure. And it was my pleasure also to talk to you. And hopefully it will help somebody out there. And I'm always available for more questions. Amazing. Thank you, Guy. Until the next time. Thank you.